As we continue our conversation on money, finances, and the church, we tackle questions like, what is tithing? Why is it so important? And how can I start tithing from every aspect and season of life? I'm so excited for you to continue to listen to our conversation on money, finances, and the church with my guests, Tim and Isa Surgeon. I hope you enjoyed the last episode because this episode just continues to get better and better as we sit down and talk about the hard things that come with talking about money. I hope you're ready for an informative, fun, and just really practical way to view money and view tithing. And just as a reminder, you'll probably hear the sounds of life going on around us, but I promise that the content of this episode is there and so worth listening to. I hope you're ready. Let's get to it. You're listening to Theology Gals, a podcast for women to learn theology in a practical and applicable way. Come join the roundtable and discover all that God has for you. Here's your host, Jari. Okay, so we touched a little bit uh, about this on the previous episode, but just to kind of circle back and get into a little more of um, like technical stuff, what is tithing and why is it important? Well, tithing, I see it as a covenant. It's an act- Webster's defines tithing as. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I, I know you had to. Had. Okay, so to me, it's an act of obedience. It's putting our faith in what God, uh, in God, stating that God will be our provider. I think mm-hmm. sometimes we forget that who God really is because, you know, I'll be honest, we don't see him. You know, it's the whole faith principle. We don't see him, but, you know, we know air's there, but we feel it. You know, so... We have to say, if the word of God is true and alive, then I must believe that my God is a God of covenant. You know, the fact that um, he gave his son, Jesus Christ, to down the cross for us to give us the gift of salvation says a lot about who God is. And so God created tithing for us to be able to relate to him in that sense and to also know, hey, let, let's take care of business. Let's be good stewards. Um, so it's one of those things that I think that it's an important factor of our belief system mm-hmm. of who we are. Um, I think sometimes people have uh, kind of are scared of it because mm-hmm. they're like, well, the church just wants my money. But yeah. at the same time, it's <laughs> like, okay, is it, is it your relationship with the church or is it your relationship with God? It's good. Like, where, where do we go? You know, um, so that's my personal thought about that. Yeah, I, I think, I think when it comes to the tithe, fear is the biggest obstacle with the tithe. And it's because we look at our, our mountain of bills. We look at the things we want to do, the goals we have, the dreams we're, we're, we're dreaming and the thought of well, I don't have enough to do that. So the thought of doing it with less is frightening because we see money as our source, not God as our source. And so I I heard it once said, I'd rather have 90% of my money and God than 100% of my money and myself. Who do you trust more? And and, and I've always kept that, but I think it, 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 it ignores something else is that God is smart. He bakes things into his teachings. 
when he's teaching you to tithe, he's teaching you to be generous. He's teaching you to get your mind off of yourself, mm -hmm. but he's also teaching you how to live off of 90% so that someday you realize, wow, I was able to make it off of 90% of what I do. What if I, what if I figured out how to work off of 80%? Yeah. And I just got creative and I made a few sacrifices and, and I did some stuff. I mean, I know, I know some people, good friend of mine, single mom. She was living on 50% of her income when she was making maybe 35, 40,000 in Northern Virginia, by the mm -hmm. way, not an easy place to be making 35,000. <laughs> it's a good amount, but it's still yeah. tough. And she put cash down for her home. And wow. when I, the place she put it down is not a cheap community because she knew the sacrifice now produced blessing and, and, and bigger things yeah. later. Now, in the world's view, what are you doing? You have all this money. Just dip into it. Just do this, do that. But she trusted in yeah. the plan and in the process. Funny thing enough, secular woman, but she stumbled upon biblical principles mm -hmm. wow. because she gave to charity. She loved giving to St. Jude. She loves yeah. children hospital uh, 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 charities. So she was tithing, just not to God, but to the world. But she was living off of less than. She was yeah. thinking of someone other than herself. She was getting her mind off her money and onto bigger things and other people. And it's amazing what happens that even when you're not following God 100%, you can still stumble into the current of his will. But I'll yeah. also say this. The tithe ultimately is, I, I said this before, who is your source, God or money? Yeah. And the way I would look at it is this. When you see God as your security, he will become your purpose. Money at that point is just a tool. Isa said this, money is a, is a tool. It's a more, it's amoral. It has mm -hmm. no moral value to it unless you use it in a certain way. It's like a brick. A brick is a brick. I could build a house with it or I could put it through a window. Yeah. The use of it is what creates the intent of it. So when God is your purpose, money is just a thing. Mm -hmm. But when money is your security, when your, your safety comes from money, money becomes your purpose. Yeah. It's no longer a tool and money becomes, well, God. Mm -hmm. Can money make things easier? Yes. Can it make things fun? Oh, hell yes. But <laughs> great quote, money doesn't change you. It only reveals who you always were and amplifies it. It's real good. God can change you. Absolutely. So when you put your faith in something that can make you better, it, like God, you have security, you have purpose, and money's just this thing, and it doesn't have this influence over you. But if money is your God, money can't change you. Money can't make you better. It can usually make you worse. <laughs> and so yeah. are you going to put your value and your resources, where your treasure is, your heart lies. If you trust God with your tithe, that first 10%, you're saying, I trust you because you can change things. When I trust in the money, I'm saying I'm good as it is. Yeah, that's good. So I know, you know, 
for tithe, you know, our 10%, 10% of our income, I've gotten actually a couple questions about this. What exactly constitutes your income in the sense of obviously, you know, you get your paycheck when you work, but what happens if you get money from grandma on your birthday? How do you handle, you know, any tax refunds that you get back? Any of these like odd ends and stuff like that? How, in what box would you categorize that? And uh, I guess kind of like a two part, what, um, excuse me, how do you start tithing if you are a paycheck to paycheck person? Um, if it does seem impossible, you know, what if every dollar is spoken for and you heavily rely on when people do give you money for, you know, a birthday, a graduation, a celebration, or you are dependent on that tax refund? How would you kind of explain that? So um, uh, I emailed you a spreadsheet. It's in Excel format. <laughs> you can open it in Google Sheets. Um, so I want you to go to tab three at first. And in the first equation, I want you to enter your pre-tax before uh, your before tax income, your pre-tax income. Now that's what you're getting raw from. No, no. It's funny. I get people all the time asking, do I, do I tithe from the net or from the gross? I'm like, are you tithing? No. Just tie. I, think, I don't yeah. care which one. Just choose one. <laughs> I, I think we should actually tackle the second question first. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I think personally, uh, living paycheck to paycheck is hard. I know single moms with two kids who are just, you know, they're working mm -hmm. OT, two jobs, still trying to take, you know, it's life. Life can be hard. I, I grew up, you know, with a single mom. We ended up having to live with our grandparents and yeah. still we live paycheck to paycheck. And so... I, I understand. I grew up in that. And I told myself growing up, I didn't understand it growing up because honestly, God provided, God took care of us. Yeah. We didn't lack. Looking back, I remember, you know, as an adult, I'm like, oh my gosh, we didn't have, we didn't have that. But you know what? I had a happy childhood. Mm -hmm. It wasn't perfect, but I had a happy childhood. So yeah. I didn't really miss out on things. You know, to me, it's a choice, not a decision. Hmm. We have to choose to start tithing. I know 10% is what are, you know, the Bible says and stuff, and, and that's what we've been taught. And there's honesty, I'll be honest, there's some people cannot do 10%. Like realistically, I've looked at their yeah. budget and- Out of the gate. It, it's not, there's more going out than coming in. And it's not even that they're buying Jordans or getting their yeah. hair done did, <laughs> is that they really don't have the income and they've been actively looking for jobs and yeah. just life happens. And so in those cases, I said, give 1%, start yeah. somewhere because yeah. It is the act of obedience that brings the blessing. Obedience yeah. is the starting point. I and I'm 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 more of a humanist, I think, than my wife. You know, again, numbers <laughs> person, you know, versus me. But I think to me, I just go, I think God would rather have a dollar than nothing. A yeah. dollar shows I see something. We start in obedience. And we then move and it's like building muscle. It's repetition. It's muscle memory. If I give a dollar one week, maybe next week I can give 10. You're mm -hmm. building up your faith. The goal should always be 10% because that's what God asks. If it takes you a year to get the 5%, but God knows you're putting an honest effort and you are happy when you do it because he loves a cheerful giver. Mm -hmm. I, I think God would rather be you be happy about the dollar you gave than miserable about the 10% you gave. Yeah. Because you're never going to be happy in the 10% if you can't ha be happy in the one. So we must build our faith. And it's not a light switch. It's a hand crank. It takes work every day. <laughs> yep. 
it, it, the, 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 the drive-through example from last episode where I was desperately texting my tithe to the text to give number yeah. before I handed my card to the drive-through person because mm -hmm. I wanted the first thing to come out, that it started as a obedience act of it must be the first thing. Now it's God, I want you to have it first because yeah. you deserve it first. And you've blessed us so much that it had built. How could we not? Yeah. So for people paycheck to paycheck, and, and this is I I I'm gonna kind of stand, I'm gonna say the capital C church, if they make you feel guilty because you're not giving 10% right out the gate, ignore them. That's not the spirit of God. <laughs> You need to be told that God loves you and you have permission to have not gotten this finance thing right. But once you know you need to do something, if you ignore it, that's now on you. Yeah. I was I was always told um, by someone, uh, he, he gave $5 to every homeless person they ever saw. And I said, but what if he wants drugs or alcohol, whatever? He said, that's on him. I gave the money out of blessing. I gave it mm -hmm. to help him. What he does wow. with the blessing is his responsibility. Wow. Once you know you're an adult, it's your responsibility. Yeah. But once you know when you go, you know what, I want to do this thing right, start with the dollar. Yep. Work your way to 1%, then 2%, then 3%. I refuse to believe anyone who tells you put on a credit card, go broke, forget. No. God says no. God says no on that. Mm -hmm. Period, flat, end of discussion. If you want me, come see me and at me in the church parking lot. Okay. At me. <laughs> Seriously, because I think it's destructive. God doesn't live off of credit. No. God is not a God of credit. He's not, he's not ether in the air. He is real. He's tangible and he's real as your finances. And so I think that people need to be told it's okay if you're not at 10% on day one. Yeah. Yeah. Start I love that. somewhere and build up. And I will, I, I truly believe that it's not just things that'll happen in the supernatural. Cause it's really easy to talk about supernatural, but if you're a young believer or a new believer or a non-believer, what the heck are you talking about? Mm -hmm. That's why I always say God is baked in wisdom. Mm -hmm. God can increase and do supernatural things, but he's going to do natural things. He's going to teach you how to go. Okay. I don't have that extra dollar this week. I don't have that extra 20 this week. I don't have that extra hundred. How can I get creative? How can I get smart? How can I think differently? How can I expand this tool that he gave me, which is my mind and my intellect and my creativity, the gifts that he's talked about that we were yep. given to make things work. It's all there uh, available to us. It's just, we don't over, we don't always challenge ourselves to do it. Yeah. And I, our act of obedience opens up opportunities. You know, mm -hmm. there's, there's so many stories I can tell you. We don't have time for that, mm -hmm. but time and time again, from missions trips, uh, mm -hmm. to, you know, getting people the day before the trip was going and they needed to pay their, their trip, how money <laughs> came from yeah. people that even know, you know, I I've gotten people donate stuff for me, giving me, I mean, my family has never lacked. Um, I mean, I know what it is to make under 20,000 a year. Uh, but I also know what it is to make more than that. And so at the end of the day is my act of obedience. It will always bring provision. It will always bring blessing. It will also open up opportunities that you yeah. have to say, you know what? It was God. There's been yeah. so many of those that God has. It, it was God. God provided. God took care of it. There's no doubt it was in my hands. My hands, they didn't mm -hmm. do it. I didn't do it. In my mind, there's no way I could have done it. It had to be the hand of God. And that is one of the most amazing feelings to ever be able to experience because then you know God is real. Yeah. So now let's take it to the first part of the question. Yes. <laughs> I I think I think when you start splitting the atom, 
I think, I think the more specific you get, I think the further you get away from God's intention mm. because God spoke plainly and he spoke clearly. So I think for us in our life, whatever hits our bank account, we tithe. Yeah. That's what we go off of. So whatever comes into the bank, that's what goes in. Yeah. Um, I, we have gotten to a place in our life where, uh, I think it was about a year ago. I turned to my wife and I said, um, I said, birthday money and Christmas money, like any gift money we get no longer goes to the bills. It has to be used on gifts and stuff. Cause we reached a point. But before that, we were in a place a couple of years ago where anytime we got any sort of money from anyone, there was a bill, there was a this or that. We yeah. had two kids. Um, you know, we have one car. Um, we still have one car, you know, that went from being a necessity to then that's just the way we chose to live our life because yeah. it was a way to kind of do some of the things we want to do. Mm -hmm. So what started out as a, a life obstacle became yeah. a lifestyle choice. And it's a right. lifestyle choice that in fact saves us money. Huh, funny how that worked. God's wisdom <laughs> comes baked in. Um, but you know what, but now once we don't have to use it for bills, we've started tithing off of those gifts. Um, yeah. I work in a commissions based world. So one month I might have some commission tithe off of that next month. I might not have any. So I tithe off of what I get there. Yeah. Again, I think it comes to where you are in your walk and where you are in your financial walk. And if those mm -hmm. two are lined up, it's going to make a lot of practical sense. Do you need to be one of these people that ties every dollar? I got a, I got a $10 Starbucks gift card, so I'm going to give an extra dollar. Look, if God convicts you, do it. But yeah. I think Starbucks is doing okay, and I don't think <laughs> God is going to you bowed at the altar of that harlot mermaid. How dare you? Lightning bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt. No, that's not God's heart. And the problem is, and I'll actually, I'm going to jump back here. I will probably say that if you're, if you're getting that specific about pre-tax, net gross gift mm -hmm. cards, you're, you're looking to game God because you're looking for where the loopholes are. You're looking mm -hmm. for how you're going to get dinged so that you can sidestep it. If you're tithing with a cheerful heart and yeah. you're giving a, a full reasonable 10%, then I think you're good. Um, and the best example I can use is this. We tithe off of what hits our bank account and we also give. Now, remember, offering yes. is above the tithe. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll park that there. <laughs> Every year that we've been married, our tithe, our giving amount has always been above 10% for our entire net income and our gross income. Yeah. We have never been below 10% our entire major. In fact, I think we've averaged about 20%, mm -hmm. 18 to 20% giving every year we've been married. So, and that's 18 to 20% of what our gross was before tax. Yeah. So by doing the right thing and only just think about what came in and I'm not keeping a ledger check comes in thousand mm -hmm. dollar, you know, paycheck comes in hundred bucks tithe. Yeah. Easy peasy. Just move the decimal place. Well, and, you, and, and, and within that budgeting, the tithing concept, we, we've learned to live out of the 90 or mm -hmm. the 80%, whatever the case may be. And so it's, it's one of those things that you gradually get to the point where, oh my gosh, this is easier than what I thought. Mm -hmm. I was having so much fear that held me back. The from fear getting of my missing blessing. out. And so, <laughs> and, and, uh, and then once you get to that point, you're like, Oh my gosh, why didn't I do this sooner? Why didn't I just trust that God will provide? If God takes care of the little birds and the squirrels and they eat somehow, <laughs> they don't know how, 
but he takes care of the animals out there how much more does he love us yeah and so well so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna play interview <laughs> i'm gonna grab your interview hat here <laughs> because i know East, you, 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 your faith is your bedrock mm -hmm. i'm i'm honest about like moments where i hit my roadblocks right. with with god has there ever been a roadblock when it comes to finances with you and god where you just say hey god yeah. You just got frustrated, scared. I mean, have you had a moment in the midst of your faith where even you kind of had a doubt or a fear? Because for me, I have, I can be honest. Like there are moments where I've had to go to God and I've been like, yo, I, I'm, I'm about to wrestle you and pop my hip out of socket here because <laughs> something needs to change. You well, know, what, I've had to, I've had to go there very honestly. Reference. What about you? <laughs> but that's easy for someone like me. I'm all up in my feelings. But for you, who's very deep into their faith and willpower is is your engine. Yeah. And I think that's important because people who are emotional, you can emotionally reason with them. People who are logical, run in willpower and in faith, it can be a lot harder to talk about those 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 shocks to our faith or those moments where we go, I know you're God, but God, are you God right now? Because it doesn't feel like <laughs> yeah. it. Well, I mean, there is two, maybe three. Um, if, again, it was over 20 years ago. You don't have to rank them. No, no, no. My Sorry, numbers person. <laughs> but there were two or three times that I did not tithe and because of fear. Because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't have enough. Like, how am I, how am I going to pay for my apartment? How am I going <laughs> yeah. to put food on the table? I get it. Been there, done that. But all hell broke loose. I mean, mm -hmm. when I said, you know, it happens in threes and sixes, it, it just, it, one thing happened. I knew there was more. It's it just, mm -hmm. it just, and it's one of those things I say, God is a God of covenant, you know? So yeah. after those experiences, after the first one, I didn't learn the second time, the third time I, <laughs> I really got it. And I was like, you know what, God, you've taken care of me and provided and protected me from things that I don't even know about. Yeah. And when I get to heaven, I'll probably be able to see that. You yeah. know, I remember when I was seven, I got hit by a car. I remember parts of it, but I'm like that concept, not because I got hit by the car, but I, you know, I started thinking, I'm like, how many times somebody almost hit me? Yeah. I got a, a bill that I shouldn't have gotten and got canceled. It. How many mm -hmm. times situations happen in life where you protected me and covered me and I didn't even know about it because of my obedience, just, just in tithing. That's not even talking about other aspects of, of be doing ministry and, yeah. and living life as a Christian. So it, it's one of those things where I kind of got to the point where I said, I'm going to make a choice rather than a decision, a choice. I'm choosing to believe God. I'm choosing mm -hmm. that, you know what? I am playing with this type thing. And yeah. I've never after that, never, ever, ever worried about money. Like That's ever, good. like I don't worry about money. I don't, if something's happening, all hell's breaking loose. And Tim looks at me, I was like, God's got it in every single time God comes yeah. around. So it, it's just one less thing I don't have to worry about. I like how I, in this scenario, I'm always running around like a chicken with my head cut off. <laughs> um, but I, I will say, I will say this, and this is important because when, when you talk about God, God is absolute, but he has so much grace. We got to be careful about how absolute we are about God. Right. And something you said, when you didn't tithe, God didn't say lightning bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt. The, 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 the best way to think about it is this God and his blessing is an umbrella. Yeah. When you are doing the things God has asked of you, you're standing next to God under that umbrella. When you stop doing things God asks you to do, he's not walking away from you and taking mm -hmm. the umbrella with him. You're stepping out from under the umbrella. Mm -hmm. 
So when Issa didn't tithe, God didn't say, screw you, umbrella down, (laughs) rain's coming. Issa took a step away from God out of fear and jumped back a step or two. And then she put herself in path and position to be hit by rain. Mm -hmm. Some drops still hit her. Some drops can miss her because you don't get hit by every drop of rain. Mm -hmm. It's just that now you're living in the world and you're living with the world's odds and statistics around you. Some rain's going to hit you. Heck, even under the umbrella, there's still some water that's going to splash up from the ground. You're still going to get hit. You're still going to take bullets in this life. It's still coming, but you can minimize it or you can maximize your ability to recover from it when you're living under God's plans. So I think it's just very important to, to, again, God's not sitting up there. He's not looking for a reason to send us to hell. God's looking for reasons to save our soul. Yeah. amen. And we've got to get out of this very old model of God as a principle with a permanent record. Yeah. God is constantly trying to erase our permanent record and we're the idiots to keep pulling it out and adding (laughs) things to it. Yeah. So I know um, both of you have worked in ministry. You've had it as, you know, your full-time job. Um, To that end, what are some common misconceptions that you see that people have about money and the church? And I know we did touch about this um, a little bit previously about how people tend to think, you know, oh, well, the church just wants my money. But what, like, can you, like, expand upon that? What are some other misconceptions that you yourself, not just as somebody who has worked in full-time ministry, but who has worked in full-time ministry specifically in the finance um, and stewardship department? I'm sorry, I can't hear you over the Bentley the church bought me. (laughs) Not true. Y'all can see his face. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, because podcasts are such a visual medium. Um, I'm I'm just going to, I'm going to set you up. This goes back to the homeless analogy. Yeah. Are you giving the blessing as God has instructed you? What happens next is their responsibility to God, not yours. Yeah. And the biggest problem is pe- people try to direct the hands. My grandma used to say, don't work with my hands. They try to direct the work of the church and then become bitter if the church doesn't go the direction they should. That's not, we're, we're taking out flat out yeah. financial crimes, the, the, the flat out wrong stuff. We're throwing that out. We know what's wrong, but we're talking about, well, I think we should be focused on the homeless and the church is focused on missions. Mm-hmm. And then people get bitter about that. That's the place I think where church finances, because when, when the illegal stuff happens, the illegal stuff happens. Um, our, at our church, we, we attend action up here in Orlando and pastor Justin Daly said um, a great quote at one of our expansion team meetings. He said, God's vision for this church is God's vision. It's going to happen. The only thing the congregation can affect is how fast it happens. That's good. And I think if we took that mentality of I'm here to fulfill God's vision as if if I'm at a church where I don't trust the pastor's vision. uh, I believe Jordan Peele had a great movie called Get Out. (laughs) (laughs) And you need to get out because if you can't align with the word the envision that God has given to that church time to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think when, remember that cognitive dissonance dissonance from before people yeah. are at a church because they like this, they like the kids program, they like their small group, whatever, but they're not in agreement with the capital values of the church. That's when they get bitter about finances. Cause that's the same way that Judas got bitter. If you look in the Bible, he got bitter about God. He's like, that was a year's wages and you just give it away. And Jesus said, 
the poor will always be with you, but the Son of God is only with you for a time. Yeah. Judas's bitterness came from how Jesus used the resources that had been given mm. him the first little C yeah. church. I think that when people become preoccupied with how the church is using money, again, we are completely not talking about the, the theft, the crimes. Yeah. Heck, I'll even bundle in the buying the private jet. That's a whole separate discussion. <laughs> but we're talking about the day-to-day -day walking out of the church. Yeah. That's where people get bitter. And that's where you have to go. Is the problem with the church or the problem with you? Right. You know, in my perspective, there's two uh, misconceptions that I see. First, um, the misconception of financial stewardship is just about giving to the church. And people need to remember, like Tim said, it's not just about giving to the church. It's how God is teaching us to be good stewards, to provide for our community. Yeah. Um, it, it's a deeper issue. You know, it, the Bible um, teaches us principles on our relationship to money. Mm -hmm. um, it also teaches us our daily lives, you know, our day-to-day, -day, you know, financial lives. And um, there's a, a phrase that Andy Stanley said, unless the church is teaching folks how to save money and get out of debt, it's irresponsible to tell them to give. And I'm going to say a whole lot of amens mm -hmm. to that one. Because <laughs> how dare we as a church well, say, give me your money. Yeah. Let my ghetto come out. Give me your money. <laughs> <laughs> and, and at the same time, not teach people how how to get the money how yeah. how can you how can i ask a single mom with two years give me your money because you know i grew up in a legalistic church mm -hmm. hispanic church and mind you i have nothing against hispanic churches i love them but where i grew up it was you will go to hell if you don't tithe you yeah. will go to hell if you don't serve 20 40 hours at the church you know and i had a really bad misconception about church I still did it. And then as I got older, I would always question why when I was younger and I would get in trouble a lot because of that. And then as I got older, I was like, it was okay to say why. Yeah. Why, why are you telling me I can't wear a thin necklace and you're going to suspend my Sunday school teacher because she wore a thin necklace? <laughs> like, really? Like, is that yeah. the battle you want to fight right now? Mm -hmm. Why you have kids starving? It's like, come on, people, let's get it together. And yeah. so... The whole thing is, how dare we as a church ask people to give us money if we don't have the time, energy, effort to be able to teach them how to handle the finances? What are the biblical yeah. principles? What does the Bible say about saving money, about paying off debt? You know, don't be slave to the lender. Mm -hmm. Clearly states mm -hmm. it. It doesn't get any clearer than that. <laughs> the other misconception that I, that I see is the discussions that they talk about, okay, the classes for stewardship or financial classes or how to teach people how to do budget. It's only for people who are deeply in financial difficulties situations. Mm -hmm. And that's baloney. I've had people that have come to my class to my classes that make a I'm not even gonna say they we had a, a lot we, of money. We had a yeah. couple in, in our class in one that one class, they were a six figure couple. They had money coming in, but it was going out fast. And literally wow. by the end of the entire process, they had enough. They blessed us with the only contribution to the program because by the end of it, just by naming it, they were able to knock off like 30, 40% of their debt because they were paying wow. all this stuff. They hadn't been paying attention to the bills. They had been paying attention simple, to all these stuff. Simple things that you can make a change. On and they gave, us, they gave us $2,000 to scholarship people in the program. And they were secular. They didn't wow. even believe. You know, and that's the hard part that I have as a believer. 
that I have people who are non-believers who hmm. would listen, even though they know it's biblical principles, they would listen to my wisdom in yeah. financial budgeting and, and how to manage your finances. They listen to me more than a believer does. And wow. it saddens me because, again, like I said, whether you're a believer or not, that doesn't matter in this aspect. The Bible is a source where it shows you how to do your money. And mm -hmm. so it saddens me when I see all these Christians. I mean, I grew up, again, in legalistic church. And, you know, to be poor was good because you're working for the Lord. Yeah. And then there's the other aspect to a far region that says we have to have lots of money and wealthy because this, yeah. so there's a medium ground look how will the lord know how will the people know the lord has blessed me if i do not have this latest rolex that has just dropped it is a beauty <laughs> have you seen it the lord is so active in my life brother have you seen my alligator shoes i mean our pastors start turning into rick flair with the bible and i i think what what we have to uh, to say to this is um Remember, blessing is supposed to flow through us. We're supposed to be tributaries, not yeah. retention ponds. Churches need to be tributaries. If we're giving to a church can only grow if it's in its community and bringing people in. If your church isn't growing and it just has barely enough to do what it's doing, it's become a retention pond. Mm. Because if it's not growing and, and it, hear me, that doesn't mean a better stage. That could be a byproduct. It doesn't mean newer Jordan, you know, drops on the sneakers app for the pastor. That's a byproduct. Yeah. Is the congregation growing? Are you doing yeah. more programs? Did you have to add a service? Did you have to add a campus? Did you have mm -hmm. to add a pastor to the staff because he couldn't take all the meetings? It, it that means you're reaching people. Yeah. And that's a, that's a sign of financial stewardship within the church. And mm -hmm. when you feel there's financial stewardship within the church, then, then that, that anxiety in you can go away. But yeah. again, are you lining up with the vision of the church or are you trying to superimpose by going, I've given you money to do the things I think you should be doing. That's not how it works. And, I, and I've had, you know, again, me working. You're not a stockholder in the church. <laughs> you know, and I've had people, you know, say, I'm going to tie this to the church, but you have to use it for this. <laughs> and so, and I'm like, okay, God. So, you know, there's that. And the, the other point in reference to what Tim was talking about, I want to be careful of people understanding, hear what we're saying. We're not yeah. saying that if you see a pastor that has all this money and expensive stuff, that it's bad. What I'm saying is look at the heart, look at the fruit, mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, it's okay to have a jet. It's okay to, to have a beautiful home and vacation yeah. home and whatever, how many homes you want. I'm not saying I'm against that. What I'm saying is I know ministers who don't take income from the church and they have other sources of income yeah. because they really want to make sure that they provide for the community and take care of the people. So I'm not saying mm -hmm. I, I'm not saying everyone's bad. There's just a couple bad seeds. But at yeah. the same time, and that's with anything, but at the same time, mm -hmm. don't allow if God called you to that church. Mm -hmm. Okay, if he called you to the church, it's to be a part, to be able to provide and put your 10% into the storehouse. Buy and in. the storehouse, God gives the pastor the vision and we make sure he takes care of it. And yeah. if it's God's vision, God's going to give us a little check in our heart and say, you know what? Let's do that. You know, mm -hmm. if the pastor needs a forklift because they want to buy a warehouse to provide meals for people and whatever the case may be, then, hey, you know, if I can write the $20,000 <laughs> check, I'll write it in a heartbeat. Yeah. No, no questions asked. I've emptied my bank account many, many, many times because at the end of the day, guess what? 
all the money that I have is because God provided God. So I am not attached to the money, you know, and that probably scares Tim more than anything. But when I was <laughs> single, I did it so many times Yeah. because look, God gave me, bless me for the reasons that I can be a blessing to others. Now, again, it's not something I recommend for everybody just to, oh, let me just do it. You got to hear from God and you've got to follow where God leads you. When yeah. I started ministry, I worked for free for three and a half years. Well, but God had created a plan for me to get out of yeah. debt and save a certain amount of money that I was able to live out of what I had for that amount. And it just happens to be that the week I was going to have a discussion with the pastor that I needed to make a decision whether I get a regular job or continue. They <laughs> offered me, they were able to pay me. And wow. so it's one of those things that, again, God is in the works. Yeah, that's and good. That's it. Yeah, no, that's really awesome. And just a true testament to to you and your faith walk and your journey and whatnot. Um, so just to kind of like wrap things up, uh, I ask everybody this question because it's kind of the theme of this podcast. Um, but what, or excuse me, how do we see the nature of God through money and finances? Easy. God is a giver. He gave his son Jesus to die on the cross for us. There's no bigger sacrifice or gift that you can give to anyone. And so God is nurturing God. He loves to take care of us. He loves to spoil us. And sometimes we are so into what's happening in our scenario and lives that we forget to see how good God really is to us. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it kind of comes down to one of my favorite stories because it's one of the bedrocks of our marriage. Um, so when we were, uh, it's actually the, the, the week we got engaged, uh, we went up to visit some of my family in uh, Northern Virginia, D.C. area. And uh, my brother and his close friend and their wife, they loved us. Um, they wanted to take us out for a dinner. Um, we were up and visiting. They knew what was coming. She didn't know it was coming. So she's just like, they're being so nice to us. I'm like, just this is who they are. And it is. Um, so we're out at a restaurant and it was, it was a nice one. And, uh, my brother and his friend both named David, by the way. So I'll try not to confuse things. My brother turns to David and he goes, Hey, isn't that so-and-so from church? Yeah. And they look at us and like, they, he just got married to this young woman, they're living with their mom or their aunt or something to save money. They're both kind of, you know, young, not a lot of money. And almost instantly, um, uh, my brother's friend turns to me and goes, we should pay for their dinner. And my brother goes, yep. And we need to buy them some gift cards so that they can come back and do this a couple more times. So wow. they pay for their dinner. And I think they got them like $300 worth of gift cards. The money doesn't matter. The amount doesn't matter. We immediately looked at each other when we had a private moment and we said, that's where we want to be in our marriage. It's not about the stuff. It's about yeah. being able to bless someone, to meet a need, to recognize. And, and my brother and his friend didn't for a moment think about, oh, how is this going to affect our budget? How is this going to affect our bottom line? Are we going to make rent this month? Are we going to eat this week? They just said, here's a need. Here's a person. Let's bless them and take care of them. That to me is the heart of God. When you can yeah. bless and take care of someone and you don't have to worry about it, it's just, this is a thing we're doing. Yeah. That to me was such a pure expression of generosity and blessing from godly people that I wanted to model my life and my marriage after it. Yeah. And, that's so good. and I see God in it. I see God in every aspect of it because 
it rewarded them for making a hard decision living at home. Did it take away the hard decision? No. Are they still going to have to work through it? No. But life got a little sweeter that night. Life got a little Mm -hmm. easier. And God smiled and flowed through some people into some other people. And God willing, they're going to take that attitude and that blessing will flow through them. And the water keeps because... Because you can drink water that flows and you'll be okay. If you drink water that's stagnant, that stays in that retention pond, it's full mm-hmm. of bacteria and it's gross and it'll kill you. Yeah. We have to be rivers of flowing water. Blessing, generosity, finances. This will make odd sense. Finances should flow through you like blessing and that's quickly. Mm. Budget, do everything. But if all you're doing is holding on to it and it's not going to the church, it's not going to help someone, it's not going to meet a need, it's not going to bless someone, help someone out, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? You're just you're you're hoarding all the riches of the of the world and they're not going to do you any good in the kingdom of God. Yeah. That's so You're just good. burying sacks of gold in the backyard. <laughs> Wow, that that's so good. And listen, thank you guys so much for just all your wisdom for being here with me today. I know our listeners are definitely going to enjoy this conversation. I cannot wait to just listen to all the feedback. And yeah, I just want to thank you guys so much for being here with me today. Well, thank you for having us. We love you very much. Uh, Yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at at Craig Rochelle. Um, and Issa is at Elevation. So um, <laughs> any comments or criticisms, send them that way. <laughs> well, thanks so much, guys. No problem. Have a good one. God bless. Bye-bye. I hope you learned so much throughout our time together. It would mean the world to me if you were to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Even take a screenshot of the episode and share it on Instagram. Tag me at Theologigals and let me know what you think. I want to know what you thought and what you want to listen to next. Until next time, this has been Theologigals.